there are so many wonderful places to go. I have friends who've gone backpacking up into the Sierras. Talk about social isolation. You're more than six feet away from people. You're six miles away from people. So there are definitely some trips that are probably even safer than staying at home. Hello and welcome to Safe Travels. I am your host, Damien. The Safe Travels podcast is about finding expert advice so that you can enjoy worry-free travel. You just heard a little clip from my guest, Chris Christensen. Chris is a journalist, blogger, and podcaster at AmateurTraveler.com. His podcast is one of the longest-running travel shows at 15 years. I'm at the opposite end of the spectrum, but this does happen to be the 50th episode of Safe Travels. It's been a lot of fun so far. I've talked to a lot of great people, and I look forward to doing many more. Today's a short show. We're talking with Chris about travel planning, assessing risk, the best choices for safe travels if you do choose to do something right now. As he mentions in the show, if you are getting a little bit of cabin fever and you just need to go somewhere, he's got some ideas. But in general, it's just great insight from somebody who has a lot of travel experience, travel reporting experience, destinations. He's been doing this stuff for a long time. There will be show notes. You can visit our Twitter feed at Safe Travels FM to find that. Please enjoy. Chris, thank you very much for joining today. Well, thanks for having me. Would you mind introducing yourself to the audience so they can understand who you are and your area of expertise? Sure. So I am a, uh, a nerd professionally. I'm a tech guy, sometimes in travel, including being a director of engineering at one time for TripAdvisor. But then I'm also a part-time travel journalist, especially with a blog and podcast called Amateur Traveler and a few other travel-related brands. So what we're talking about today is planning upcoming trips. This is a, a difficult topic right now during coronavirus. <laughs> Nobody really knows what to do. Everyone's trying to feel things out. And I think if people are thinking about planning a trip, they might start to think they're a little bit crazy and then others are a little bit more outgoing. So I wanted to get people staking. You have a lot of experience in this. You've talked to a lot of people. You've been in this business for a long time. So as far as strategy for people thinking about it, do you have any comments as far as what should go into a decision to book a trip that you're thinking about? Well, there's there's what should go into a decision to book a trip and there's what to go into decision booking a trip today, which mm. one would you prefer I focus on? Well, let's start today. Okay. Because there are a few other concerns we need to think about now uh, because one, can you go someplace? That's the the easiest thing to think about first is there's a lot of places right now, if you're coming from the US, just you simply can't go. So that's the first thing to think about is this may not be the time to go to Europe because most of Europe is closed to US travelers, for instance. And where you are and what those changes are will change, I suspect, on a monthly basis as we go forward with this. The second question is what kind of a trip? For instance, you may notice that the cruise ships are not, as a rule, traveling right now. We've seen a couple smaller ships try and open up. Both Herdegruten in Norway and Uncruise have opened up. Herdegruten has now since stopped because they had an outbreak with their first cruise. So that did not go very well. And that's a smaller ship. That's a 200-passenger ship. Uncruise just got started this week with a 100-passenger. So there's some things where the social distancing that you need to think about in these days just doesn't work that well. And those are probably just not the trips for this year. So where are you going to be and what are you going to be around a lot of people if you are maybe save that trip for next year or the year after whenever we get back to whatever normal looks like. So a lot of people are thinking about national park trips, camping trips, road trips, local vacations, because it just might be a better year if you are getting a little cabin fever and need to get out of the house to go someplace where you don't need to get on a plane, for instance, because there's concerns about that being relatively unsafe compared to your own car or even compared to a rental car. You know, there's different levels of safety depending on what kind of trip you're thinking about. Right. Your personal opinion, how do you feel about air travel right now? 
I'm not sure that I would get on a plane right now for some place. I might get on a plane for somebody. You know, if there was a, a special event that was going on that my son, for instance, has now pushed off his wedding to next year. But at one point in that process, which changed several times, it was going to be in Chicago. And I'm sure I would have gone, but I wasn't looking forward to that. That didn't seem like that was going to be a particularly great thing to be doing this year. So I am still have one air trip that is not canceled of all the different trips that I had planned this year. And it's to the Galapagos and it's kind of a bucket list trip. So that one, we're waiting to see if they'll cancel it, but we will probably do it if they if there's that option and if it seems safe at the time based on the numbers of here, there, and on the way to there. That's not a small trip either. As you mentioned, that's a bucket list trip. Now, I I picture the Galapagos. You might be able to distance pretty well there. Yeah, it's a small boat cruise, and so you will have a small set of people that you'll be with, but it's I don't remember quite what the capacity is of this ship, but some of them are things like five cabins or something like that. So you're talking about, you know, 20, 25 people or something like that, which is, you know, very different than getting on a five thousand passenger cruise ship or something of the sort. And so much of this is, it's about feelings. And so I'm thinking of specific factors that people can kind of look at. In your opinion, would you look at data? Would you look at statistics that relate to a certain area and get that deep? Or do you think getting into that is almost just, if if you're worried about that, maybe you're not ready to go. Potentially, but I don't think it's a bad, even if you're interested in going, I think that it's a better year if you could get to Canada, for instance, it would be better to get there, except that they're not letting in Americans, for instance, than it would be to go to Florida right now, just because of the numbers. We talk about feelings, but we really, in some ways, overestimate our ability to tell whether something is safe or not, in my opinion. And so the statistics are useful. And the likelihood you will run into someone who is infected goes up a lot if there's an outbreak in that area. So yeah, it's, it's certainly useful to look at that. Obviously, if you go someplace that's more rural and there's just fewer people, the math works better, both in terms of their ability to handle any sort of outbreak you know, prevent any sort of outbreak and do social distancing. And also just you won't be coming into contact with as many people. So you mentioned road trips. That's certainly popular this year. In your opinion, is that a good route to take for those that do want to do a little bit of traveling? I think if you need to leave the house, you know, staying home is not a bad idea also, but some of us are getting a little stir crazy. And if you do need to leave the home or you really want to, I think road trips can be a good option this year. It gives you a little more control over how many people you come in contact with. You obviously still have to stop for gas. You still have to get groceries or or eat at restaurants or whatever you're going to do there. So it's not like it's going to be the same as staying at home, but it is a more controlled option. I believe, especially if you're doing it in your own car. Obviously, if you're doing it in a rental car, they have precautions that they're trying to take as well. But yeah, I think it is a good option this year. And then if you were planning something or trying to do something, are there any extra steps that you would be taking as far as safety concerns? There's certainly plenty of talk about masks, but is there anything else that would be on your list? Well, so we did a road trip the first time we left the zip code this year. We went down to my son who's in LA. So that's a six, seven hour road trip, a little less this year than it was last year. Not as much traffic on the road to get down there. But the first thing that we were concerned about was just, well, what are the options? Once we leave our area, are the restrooms going to be open? Are we going to have to stop at 
restaurants to get food? Should we pack a lunch? The sort of things that you would normally do might be a little different. You know, maybe you would do a grocery store run and eat more of your meals out of your picnic basket or your cooler, uh, potentially a bit something to think about. What we found on that trip, this is I-5 in California, is that the public restrooms were available, that it seems like they were cleaning them. We brought wipes, alcohol wipes, for instance, and hand sanitizer, and of course, wore our masks. But it felt like we were in decent control in terms of how many surfaces were touching that we didn't know how many people were touching them, how many people we were coming into contact with. It felt manageable from that point of view. And it was more than you know a couple months ago, and we didn't get sick. So that seems to have been true that we managed that risk appropriately, even though LA has got more problems than we had at this area. Okay. And then in speaking of road trips and state to state, did you deal with any cross-border state restrictions or anything like that? I did not in that one, although there aren't that many. Well, there are some, for instance, right now, if you were to head to like New York uh, Mm -hmm. in the U.S., where they are requiring people do a 14-day or 7-day. I can't remember. There's so many different rules in so many different places right now. But because they have gotten their virus cases more under control, that basically if you come into the state and you don't isolate for I think it's seven days, it might be 14, there is a $500 fine that can be imposed. And so there are definitely places that are doing things like that as you cross borders, but not a lot of them right now, at least last I saw. And of course, that's changing every day. It is. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think every state, they keep tacking on additional restricted states to their Right. list every day. Right. So it's, it's changing quite often. Back to the topic of uh, cruise ships. So you've, you have some experience there. Do you, would you have any sort of hunch as far as when they are going to get running again and, and what, what information is going to help them make that business? So there currently is, I think the cruise ship ban in the U.S. goes through September. That seems optimistic to me. But on the other hand, it didn't seem as optimistic when the numbers were, you know, got to a low maybe in June or so. It, that September sort of seemed like, oh yeah, maybe they'll come back in September. I would say that's probably not going to happen with the larger ships. And again, what's going to happen, what we're seeing is what we expected to see, which is the smaller ships, the expedition class ships will open up. The river cruising has already opened in Europe, for instance. If you were able to get there, barge cruising and things like that are, that are smaller groups will open before the, the big ships. And we're seeing, you know, the other thing we're seeing is that the, a lot of the cruise lines are selling and scrapping ships. So they are basically reducing their capacity. So it'll be years until the capacity for the cruise lines come back to normal or, you know, what they were just before this. But I wouldn't be surprised if the major cruise ships, some in some regions are going to be sailing sooner out of the U.S., it's hard to see it happening this year. Right. Well, it seems like I would guess that as they start to do it and there are cases that they're, they're just going to be shutting things down quickly. Would you agree with that? I, I think so. I and mean, that's really what we're seeing here with Hurtigruten, for instance, that just did that this week. And that's a small, that's a 200 passenger ship. So mm-hmm. they, they seemed like they had control over, you know, we're doing the right things and had people wearing masks in public spaces. We're disinfecting things. And right after they're unloaded a set of passengers, they had a number of 
crew members who got sick. And then they did contact tracing, obviously, for all of the people who had been on the boat and said, here's what's going on. You need to isolate yourself and get yourself tested. But even with all that, they still ran into a problem. And the larger the size of the group, the more likelihood. Obviously, if you can control the people you will be around, you know, if you're going to road trip with somebody or you're going to go to family or something like that, how they have been behaving is a really important deal in terms of if they've been basically using caution, you're going to be safer than if they've been off at, what was the, the white trash bash was the latest thing I heard, the the latest multi-person party that was going on with hundreds of people who just got tired of being in the house. You know, if they've been doing that, maybe, maybe vacation with them next year. So mm-hmm. I knew somebody who, that before they went and did a cross-generational time at the cabin together, they all got COVID tests basically so that they felt at least at some point in time, they were all okay before they got together with the grandparents. And that's not a bad thing to do this year if that's something that you're able to do where you are and with your health system. Mm, That's definitely a good extra precaution to take. I would agree. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about people who are in the 70 plus range that you're including them in your plans, it's just a good way of protecting them because their vulnerability is is a lot higher. And with your trip in December, uh, you said that you're waiting to see if it gets canceled on you. What else would make you rethink those plans? It would depend on, you know, we're learning so much as this goes on. What we know today is different than what we knew three months ago. And so it would depend if we learn more about how to keep safe in air travel or what the risk actually is. I don't know if anybody has a real good handle on that. I've seen some numbers out that try and do the mathematical modeling for how safe are you on the plane based on how many people on the plane and what's the percentage of people in the population who are sick. And the numbers weren't as bad as I thought they might be, but I don't remember offhand what they were. But they were still in the you know 1%, some sort of range of your likelihood of, of contracting the disease while flying and things like that. So if we learn more about that, that could affect it one way or another, either making me more confident of doing the trip or less confident. And also, I don't know what's going on in Ecuador. I see. And and knowing what's going on there now doesn't help me as much. So that's one of the things I haven't really bothered to look into until a little, as we get a little closer. Right. Yeah. There's a few factors there. Well, there's a lot of question marks with all of this, with travel planning for sure. Is there any <laughs> way you can summarize your take on anybody that's thinking about uh, planning a trip right now? You know, this is odd coming from somebody who's been doing shows all year about all the great places there are to go in the Mm -hmm. world, uh, because that's what we do at Amateur Traveler. But you don't have to go on a trip this year necessarily. And and that's something that I would seriously consider is, especially if you can save your vacation, first consider is, is that what you want to do this year? Is this the time to do it? And does it make sense? And then if you decide that you can, you think you should. And then I think looking at your trip options, because there are so many wonderful places to go. I have friends who've gone backpacking up into the Sierras. Well, you talk about social isolation, you know, hey, you're, you're more than, you know, six feet away from people, you're six miles away from people. So there are definitely some trips that are probably even safer than staying at home. So just use some caution as you think about what you're doing. That's great. Chris, thanks a lot. I, I love the insight. I think it helps people thinking about it. Where can people find you online? Probably the best place is amateurtraveler.com. Perfect. Thanks again for joining. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed this talk with Chris. I'd love to get his insight. Again, a lot of experience. He's been covering travel for a long time. And by the way, his show is really great, Amateur Traveler. Again, I do have that favor to ask. I would love to spread the word about safe travels. You can leave a review, a rating, share it with a friend, email somebody, share it on social. Anything would help. Thank you very much. Safe travels.